Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode number 39. My name is Caroline Borders. And I'm Kip Clark. And today we're going to be talking about multitasking. It's a phenomenon that has come up recently, or at least within the last 20 or 30 years, especially in the rise of our generation, where we're watching TV on our laptops and we're texting our friends at the same time while also maybe reading a newspaper article. And we'll be talking about how that's affected productivity and what that means for our generation. So Kit, where would you like to start? Right. Well, I thought of this because as the year winds down, at least the academic year, there's a lot of stuff going on. People are working on a lot of different things. And of course, trying to socialize and so I think our schedules are already really packed and I think that people try to adjust that not by taking on fewer things but by trying to get multiple things done at once so one thing I would say in some of the articles and studies we read is that there are highly practiced skills like walking or cutting vegetables that we sort of know mentally how to do and can legitimately focus on other things I think driving is probably one of them or brushing your teeth where you can legitimately focus there's an autopilot for sure but there are other tasks that require other function and more focus and I think a lot of people try and conflate those two and say oh I can totally read while listening to music and personally I find that really challenging like that example yeah that example alone I hear the lyrics of the song and I'm also trying to read what the characters or the narrator saying and it never ever works I have a certain playlist on my Spotify that I literally have titled it in a way that I know if I'm listening to it I'm not getting anything else done because I like (laughs) the music enough that I want to be listening to only that music somehow I managed to say oh I really want to listen to this song so I'll just you know I'll listen to it and I'll try to read for class and it usually ends up with me after like two or three minutes being like okay you really can't listen to music right now Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong I think sometimes we need to distract our minds I know for example if someone's recently been broken up with or they've broken up with someone you don't want to focus on that thing all you're doing is focusing on that thing so it can help to distract yourself but at the same time multitasking especially when you're trying to get certain work done is really problematic because as some of the studies we've read have shown you're not getting things done well you're doing every task that you're trying a little bit more poorly and I think that's exactly unfortunate a common thread for me is I'll be watching TV I'll be instant messaging a friend I'll be getting a text from another friend I mean that's three things going on at one time even if I'm not even trying to do anything really all that productive still my brain is in three places at once it's not that effective right and so to cite some of the things that we read there was a study done by Stanford University and Professor Clifford Nass and he said The shocking discovery of this research is that high multitaskers, or people who multitask frequently, are lousy at everything that's necessary for multitasking. The irony here is that when you ask the low multitaskers, or people who don't frequently multitask, they all think they're much worse at multitasking, and the high multitaskers think they're gifted at it. So to summarize some things in the study, people were shown shapes or slides that had 12 purple triangles, and then the slide goes white, and people are asked how many triangles were in the previous slide. And of course, they add more and more triangles as the slide goes on, and I think add other factors as well. And the people who frequently try to multitask were focusing on everything at once, and therefore couldn't focus on any one principle or idea. Mm-hmm. And some of the people that have done these studies have said, our generation, Caroline, is really good at finding information quickly. You can scan a book and really, really quickly learn some principles. But we're horrible at depth. We don't understand totally deeper ideas. We won't focus on certain lectures. What do you think about the idea that there's sort of shallow information versus deep information you think some skills are more valuable than others in that sense well i personally don't really excel at skimming 
because I know that if I'm trying to skim something, I'm literally taking nothing in. Nothing. And it's because I've never really developed that skill or I haven't developed the skill enough so that I can just take in the main ideas from skimming something really quickly. And so the only way for me to really gain depth is if I'm monotasking. If I'm trying to listen to music while reading, that's just not going to work out. And I think that's a common thread. I think people who do multitask frequently think they're good at it because they do it. It's the only thing they do, one. And two, they do eventually get something done, but it's just not very efficient. I completely agree. And another thread that sort of calls to me here is that our generation is so busy that we never really allow time, A, to just sit and think, and B, to actually experience boredom. And I think it's really important. Frankly, I'm someone who hates being bored. I feel like I'm not living my life to the fullest. But I do believe, even on a larger context, if you're bored for a period of months, let's say, that causes you to eventually get fired up about one thing. You will eventually find that one thing that really interests you. And I think that's part of it. You have to believe that if you're not always guiding the action of your life, there will be something that will call to you. What is brought to my mind is the idea of sitting in Pierce, our dining hall, Mm -hmm. and not being able to sit by yourself. You need to be like looking at your phone or, or reading a newspaper. And about a year ago or a year and a half ago, I saw a segment that Louis C.K., the comedian, did Mm -hmm. where he was like, why do we have to, like, sit around with our phones? Like, throw it away. Like, get rid of your phone. Like, you can't sit there and not text 40 people and make sure that they want to be with you and you're connected. Why don't you just forget the phone and just sit and be a person? After seeing that, I was like, wow, yes. And now I really challenge myself in social situations, in situations where I'm by myself in public or not, where I just sit. And people have come up to me at parties and stuff and say like, hey, Carolyn, like you're sitting by yourself or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm just being a person. I'm just letting myself just be. And you have to remove yourself from this idea that we have so many stimulants all around us all the time. Mm -hmm. We're so busy all the time. And I think the people that are coming up to you and asking that, understandably so, I can picture myself doing that and getting a very similar response are conditioned by certain social expectations to conflate happiness with busyness. And I think that's really, really interesting because a lot of these studies talk about how deeply unhappy one becomes when they're not focused on things. You think that you're sort of happy, but it's really more that you're You're, in a state of perpetual distraction. Exactly. It's like this binary between distraction and being unengaged and just because I'm sitting by myself doesn't mean I'm unengaged it's just I'm engaged in a different thing I'm engaged in myself internally it's interesting that people worry about those individuals who appear to be by themselves thinking where historically the philosophers and the great leaders of the world are probably people that took the time to think obviously they didn't have the distractions of cell phones but I'm guessing no one came up to Plato or someone like that when they were writing or spending time by themselves because they knew that focus was necessary to reach higher levels of thinking and higher levels of achievement. And I worry, I worry in the long term what our generation is going to do with things like parenting or teaching. If we become teachers, will we worry that we're boring people all the time? Because I think that's another very unnecessary social fear that if you're not super interesting, someone's going to pick up their phone and start texting people. And we take that personally. We think that we are the reason that they're texting when really, as a lot of these studies have shown, it's addictive. People need that multitasking because frankly, you get afraid of being by yourself and spending time by yourself because you've been filling your brain with so many other thoughts and ideas that your own thoughts have sort of been suppressed in a lot of ways. And I don't mean to sound overly dramatic or apocalyptic in any way, but I do think it's socially a very, very strong presence and force that should be acknowledged. And like you said, if people are sitting alone, not to criticize or worry about them, it's really important to take some time to be by yourself. 
you don't have to assume that they are alone. You know, people kind of look at other people in Pierce and like, oh, like someone's like eating dinner by themselves and it's very like public and exposed and people feel self-conscious because they are so exposed. But it's kind of this construction that it's like, it's okay if you're eating by yourself. Who, mm -hmm. who cares? And I think what you were saying, like our brain is so constantly filled with things that are going on. And I find that the main time I was reminded of this or you made me think of this, the main time that I'm like, you need to clear your mind totally is when I can't sleep. When I can't sleep, I'm like, think of a blank space. Think of a literal black room with nothing in it. Mm -hmm. And that's usually what helps me fall asleep. And it's because I have to think about nothing. And that's right. when I'm really by myself. And I think people should do that more, not just when their like, head is full of thoughts and worries and they Absolutely. can't fall asleep. And I think another interesting thing, one of the researchers named Ophir said of the high multitaskers, they couldn't help thinking about the task they weren't doing. The high multitaskers are always drawing from all the information in front of them. They can't keep things separate in their minds. And I think the scary idea behind that is that they aren't in control of what they're thinking, frankly. If you show someone a certain image or tell someone a certain idea, they will start thinking about it, similar to the principle that if you tell someone, hey, don't think of a white elephant immediately they're going to think of a white elephant because our minds work that way and I think people need to be cognizant of their thoughts. So I would actually challenge anyone listening and perhaps myself and you as well, Caroline, spend one day where you think about why your thoughts are going the way they are, what's calling your attention, why it's calling your attention, and also if you're in control because I would contend that people have the capacity for tremendous mental stability and control and I don't mean in terms of emotions necessarily so much as thoughts and what's actually being focused on and see if it's uncomfortable, see why it's uncomfortable because we are very, very smart creatures. But I think the less we rely on ourselves, the less we're tapping into that power. Totally. And I think the generation of the internet technology, I think it has totally changed, especially for us, what it means to be on a college campus. I think, mm -hmm. I mean, imagine if we didn't do research on our computers. Imagine if we just had books. Imagine if we didn't have our phones and iPods and things to listen to music with when we were in the silent floor of the library. I cannot imagine how much more I would get done. The productivity, which is a lot of what these studies that we've read focus on, I think it has been diminished in a huge way, mm -hmm. whatever that means, productivity. I agree. A professor, Sherry Turkle, who's a professor of social studies of science and technology at MIT, said that in her class, I tell them this is not a place for email, it's not a place to do online searches, and it's not a place to set up internet relay chat channels in which to comment on the class. It's not going to help if there are parallel discussions about how boring it is. You've got to get people to participate in the world as it is. And I think that's really important. A lot of professors that I read about are more reliant upon film, audio clips, and PowerPoints to play to their students' strengths and capture their attention. But it's kind of sad that we have to do that. I mean, Professor Turkle herself said, as a professor at MIT, a lot of her students are in lectures of some of the smartest minds that the Institute could get, but students aren't interested in that because they're so distracted by other things. And I would also urge anyone in our audience listening to check out one of our earliest episodes, I believe number four, on distractions in which Hector and I talked about similar things. But the articles that we also read, Caroline, talked about authority figures like parents and teachers and their ability to urge teenagers and perhaps people under their wings to behave differently. What do you think about that relationship? And would you personally encourage authority figures to behave that way? Yes. However, I think because there's been such a drastic change between parents and their kids' generations and just how they've been raised, I think 
while a parent may know better, honestly, they may have a better solution than their child for being more productive or whatever or focusing better. A child is going to be like, oh, but like you don't understand because you don't understand what my generation is about or whatever. I think there's a disconnect there. I agree. And I also think regarding that disconnect, parents should try to understand their kids as well. Recognize that they probably don't want to be numb or unaware of social happenings and frankly unstimulated but it's really easy to fall into the trap of texting someone back every time they text you or listening to music while doing other things and I think Mm -hmm. that parents should reflect on how addictive it can be and try to help in a gentle and understanding way but also be firm and say I know this is addicting and really really socially compelling but you have to believe me that it's not the healthiest thing to be doing all the time even if you do it occasionally I know certain people that sleep with their phones and I think there's evidence of how addictive it can be just the notion of how practices are changing. Like I think in one of these articles, they talked about how a child was like, oh, I'm talking to my friend and he has an earbud in at the same time while I'm talking to him and he's my best friend. And they're totally okay with that. I think parents would balk at that and be like, oh, this person isn't giving me 100% of their attention. But it's something that I think we've become used to. Right. That's one of the most challenging things is that new ideas come along all the time. And sometimes people challenge them and say, no, we don't want that. And they're very vocal about it. But with certain things that appeal to people, like music that we can carry with us or like internet connections that we can always have, it's so appealing that people don't stop to think about the long-term effects. And I think that's dangerous. Again, talking about our generation, how are we going to raise our kids? What kind of technologies will exist that might inhibit attention when you and I are old enough to be starting families? It's interesting. It's food for thought, but it's also something that I think everyone should consider. Yeah. Because frankly, technology continues to proliferate and multitasking continues to proliferate. But while I think technology will continue to spread, I do believe that people and humanity as a whole will continue to have the inherent capacity to appreciate social encounters. I think people will always on some level enjoy physical proximity to another human being, conversations that are face-to-face, family meals, as were mentioned in the articles we read. And I hope those things are always human values because they stem from traditions of conversation and being close to people, being able to read facial expressions, and frankly, being able to make physical contact, to hug someone, to touch them on the arm or the shoulder. People are social creatures, not only a sense of communication, but also just body language and other related ideas. What do you think about that? I would agree. I think maybe to a seventh grader who has their earbud in their ear while they're talking to their mom, to a parent that might be disrespectful. But at the same time, I think it's really important for us to take a step back from our technology. And even if it might be too idealistic in this day and age, but I think it is important to share that human connection that's not through a screen or not through, you know, I mean, we have this concept of online dating now, which I think in some ways has its pluses and in some ways has its minuses. It kind of cuts out the idea of that first instant of human connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of an issue. I agree. One of the last ideas that occurs to me is that not only do children and people in general need focus, but in terms of education specifically, there are certain ideas and concepts that require focus. Either complex ideas or, let's say, historical events that have a lot of moving parts and need to be considered with singular focus and with a lot of time devoted to learning that thing. And it's important. People need to understand them that a lot of great things in life are not simple and require a lot of brain power and beyond that. And a lot of power. time. Exactly. You know? And it's time and mental space that I think we all have. We're just using it for other things. And that's a choice that gets harder and harder to make as time goes on. But I do still believe it's a choice. So are there any questions or things you'd like people to consider before we close out? Going back to what Louis C.K. was kind of saying, which mm-hmm. has really inspired me in recent times. And I think we'll link to that below. Just try and 
not so much a question, but maybe a suggestion. Try and take a moment, not even a long one, it doesn't have to be long, but try to sit without your phone, without any stimulants around you, and just sit. Think about what you're doing. Think about how you're interacting with people. Think about how you're interacting with yourself. Read a book for pleasure, you know? Get away from a screen, maybe. Just try to be a person, which is totally romanticized, but I think it's helpful. I'm completely on the same page. I would encourage people to consider the things in your life that are most important to you and focus on them from time to time. Be aware of why they're important to you and give them the time they deserve, especially if they're people. People deserve the utmost attention if they're people that are important in your life or people that are becoming more important. We could all stand to multitask a bit less and have genuinely great conversations, accomplishments, interactions in general, explorations, etc. Just life in general when we're not so bogged down by things that are momentary and trivial and perhaps are not as substantial as we'd like to think they are and distract yourself less. And of course we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between, so please comment, leave us a review on iTunes, let us know what you're thinking. If you want to tweet us, our Twitter account is stride n saunter. Our Facebook account is stride and saunter. You can email us at strideandsaunter at gmail.com, and we encourage you to visit our website, strideandsaunter.com. And as always, from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off. And this is Caroline Borders. We'll see you next time.